0: Welcome to Brief Success Radio, the podcast that brings you the most up to date information on trading, nutrition, lifestyle, and business with your host, Helder Barroso. What's
1: going on, guys? Welcome to another podcast, podcast 20, number 20. Um, We have Kishin back on the podcast after we recorded podcast 18, where we talked about pain mainly. So today, um, we're gonna be talking about myths of back pain, uh, which I think a lot of people will take a lot away away from this because uh, I've come across so many people who suffer with back problems and back pain. And I'm sure a lot of you listening and watching are probably currently suffering with problems or know someone who is suffering with problems. So uh, Kish, Welcome back on the podcast, mate. Thank you, man. Uh, once again, Kish, for, the, for the, those that those haven't yet listened to, to our first podcast, can you introduce yourself, talk to, uh, tell, tell people who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, so my name's is Kishan. I uh, mainly work as a full-time physiotherapist at University Hospitals of Leicester. I've got my own little clinic as well where I see some patients um, for the rest of the time. Um, yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about uh, myths
1: of back pain. So obviously back pain is a big problem. Huge problem. Yeah. Throughout society. Yeah. So it's, let's talk about it. Tell me more about it.
0: Yeah. So back pain is a like leading cause of disability worldwide. Um, majority of our patients that we see in uh, hospital, physiotherapy departments, and even in my private clinic, majority are back pain related. Um, and I think a factor that plays into that I feel is that there are many false and negative beliefs about back pain, right There is more evidence now that are dispelling some of these false beliefs and myths, so I was really keen to share that with your clients and your customers, and just to raise awareness because again, education is the key, so if we can educate patients about these false beliefs, mm-hmm. I think it will help to reduce the disability that people absolutely. Have. Um, So a lot of the information and the content I'm going to talk to you about is um, by a chap uh, called Peter O'Sullivan. Uh, He's an Australian physiotherapist and a researcher that's done loads of research around back pain. Um, And I'll share the link with you. Um, People can also Google this uh, article. So it's called Back to Basics, 10 Facts Every Person Should Know About Back Pain. What I'll
1: do is obviously I'll put the link in the show notes uh, if anybody wants to. Um, read
0: the article, They could just click on that and go straight to that. Yeah, definitely. So, so the question is, why are unhelpful beliefs about back pain a problem? Okay. And the, the main reason is unhelpful beliefs about back pain leads to, according to research as well, okay, greater levels of pain, greater disability, more risk, uh, more sick days off work. Okay. And you're reliant on long-term pain medication. Okay. Because your thoughts and your beliefs, they, whatever you think that will drive your behavior and your actions and your behavior and your actions will become habits. Okay. So if you think you have a damaged back, I have a damaged back is the thought Mm. because of that thought, I'm going to protect my back. So you change the way you move, you protect your spine, you stop exercising because you're worried you're going to make it worse so as you can see you know from a thought went to your beliefs and which goes to your actions and your habits and those neg that negative thought Mm -hmm. has turned into negative lifestyle which in effect will cause more disability
1: makes it worse but that's not to say that they don't have back pain to start with right
0: because they wouldn't do say that again sorry
1: obviously they they must have had a back pain to start with to then start having those beliefs
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so some people could have a you know back pain, or you know it's a simple back sprain, strain. You know, mm-hmm. it's just something simple like that. It's not to
1: be something serious.
0: Correct. Yeah. Again, um, so so those unhelpful back pain beliefs can lead to unhelpful behaviours such as avoiding avoidance behaviours. Yes. So you're avoiding normal spine posture. So it's slouching. People start avoiding being in a slouch position. People start avoiding normal flexion of the spine, so bending of the spine, because they think, "Oh, bending is going to pop my dick out," yeah. which is which is not not true. People start avoiding meaningful activities or physical activities. They stop mm. exercising. They stop enjoying doing the things that they enjoyed, like gardening, for example. Mm. Um, so they they start avoiding things. Okay, but they also people can. Um, develop protective behaviors like we talked about so there's a lot of muscle guarding or or a lot of muscle bracing around their tummy muscles okay Mm. Uh, and the movements that can become very slow and cautious what we find patients that are have severe chronic low back pain they have a lot of muscle guarding a lot of muscle activity because they're just protecting their back as much as they can because Mm. that's what they think they need to do to help their back pain. However, that, that's actually making it worse. Right. Okay. And again, this all starts from the negative beliefs about back pain. Okay? So muscle guarding, what's muscle guarding? Just so, so muscle guarding is like if, if I was just sprained my wrist, mm-hmm. I'm doing this all day long. Um, okay. So you're Yeah. So when I move, I'm moving really like this. Yes, yes, yeah. Very stiff. Like this. Very stiff, exactly. Yeah. Um Okay. So those unhelpful beliefs also contributes to a negative mindset. Okay. Uh, and research suggests the negative beliefs about back pain can lead to hypervigilance. That means always thinking about the pain. So you become hyper-focused. Mm. Uh, it also leads to fear of uh, engaging in valued activities. Like we talk about stop guarding, you stop mm. walking, stop exercising. You stop going out socializing because it's going to hurt your back. You become less mobile basically. Exactly. Whatever problem they think they have. Exactly. This leads to catastrophizing thoughts. I'm going to have this back pain forever. I'm going to end up in a wheelchair. All, mm. those, all those negative thoughts, again, feed into the pain. So it's all pain. mental? Not all. It's not all mental, okay. uh, it, it, but it could be. Okay. Um, and all of these factors reduce, uh, have an effect on your confidence and your self-efficacy. Okay. So that self efficacy just means confidence. How confident are you in your body? And Mm. the majority of people in pain are really, really low in confidence of their body. Okay. So all these unhelpful beliefs uh, and thoughts leads to increase in anxiety, stress, depression, which also contributes to the vicious pain cycle. So what myth would this be? Say that again. What myth would this this be? We're coming on to that. We're coming on to that. So cool. just to, just to build up a little bit of background. So what do I mean by the vicious pain cycle? Okay. So you can have bending over just simple back strain. You've just strained your back. Okay. So you've got pain here. Yeah. Now you've got a back pain. Now, now you become scared and worried because you, you think you've damaged something, which is mm. a natural response. Okay. But because of that, you stop, you stop moving because mm. you stop moving, you become deconditioned. Okay. You become deconditioned, you're not exercising, your step counts less, you start gaining weight. Your muscles and your joints become weaker and stiff because you're not exercising, Your it has an effect on your mood. Mm. Now you're not sleeping well, okay? And we know how sleep can play a massive part in making your pain... Desensitized. Much worse, yeah. It can sensitize your uh, central nervous system. If we don't sleep well if you don't sleep well. So all, so all these, uh, factors just, you know, keep the vicious pain cycle exactly. going. Yep. So, um, a lot of these negative beliefs are based on myths and mm. this is proven by research and science. But again, a lot of this is still not common knowledge. A lot of my patients are really surprised when, when I tell them some of the information I'm about to share right now. Okay. Um, and, and that's why I was really keen to, you know, to, to share all this information. Cause I think it will, I hope it helps people and, you know, yes. so there are 10, 10 myths. Okay. So the first one is low back pain is a serious medical condition. It's a myth. Okay. Low back is not a serious life threatening medical condition. Okay. It can be scary. It can be distressing. It can be disabling, but rarely is it life threatening. Okay. And it's very, very unlikely that you're going to end up in a wheelchair. Okay, but majority of patients that have back pain think this, mm. but in effect, it's probably maybe f- max 5%, okay. really, really serious. Mm. Um, so as a physio, the first, again, as you're well aware, the, my first role is to rule out any serious medical conditions. So yes. cancer, infection, a fracture, uh, cord compression, inflammatory back pain, and other specific back pain causes. Okay. But that, contra- that makes up 5% of all the back pain in the world. Yeah, 90% of back pain is, is simple sprains, strains that everyone has. Okay? Okay. And this is why 90% of us will have back pain at some point in our lives. So low back pain is not a serious life-threatening condition. Uh, but it can be scary. So you know, I do understand that. Mm. Uh, so that's myth one. So the cool. second myth... Low back pain will become persistent and deteriorate in your later life. So as you get older, back pain will become worse. Complete myth. Most episodes of low back pain improve within a few weeks to a few months. Okay. And your low back does not get worse as you age. In fact, the older you get, evidence suggests your low back pain actually reduces for some reason. Okay. Which you don't know why. Okay. Which but again, it's interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Um, so. So you're not, if you have low back pain now, does not mean you will have low back pain forever. Forever, yeah. Yeah. Your back, you know, backs are very, very strong. If you've injured your back, the soft tissues generally heal within three months. Or even yeah. if it's a fracture, it will heal within three months. But if pain continues, then it could be other factors that are contributing. Again, going back to our previous podcast and the cup analogy. Absolutely. So what's causing that cup to keep overflowing? Yeah. Causing pain.
1: Yeah, um, if you guys haven't listened to that, I'd massive recommend you go back to listen to the to the podcast we did before on pain because that explains it really really well and that that analogy
0: is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So myth number four, scans are always needed to detect. Did you miss number three? Did we say number three? I think I I did. Myth myth number three. Well spotted. (laughs) So myth number three, persistent low back pain is always related to tissue damage. Not true. A negative mindset, fear avoidance behaviours, negative recovery expectations, Mm. poor pain coping behaviours are more strongly associated with pain than tissue damage. Can you explain what tissue damage is for those who don't know? So, if you've pulled a muscle, if you've um, strained your ligament, you've again pulled one of your ligaments a bit too much, if you've irritated your uh, facet joints or your discs maybe, Uh, And again, you may have irritated them, causing pain, but that doesn't mean you've damaged them. Okay. Okay. Um, So, so yeah, so just tissues mean muscle, tendons, ligaments, bones, um, your fascia, everything. Yeah. Your nerves. Um, So so going back to that, so a negative mindset and all those negative um, behaviors are more linked to pain than your tissue health. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, so again, come
0: to your thoughts. It, it's a huge factor: your thoughts yeah. and your your mindset and your attitude and your behaviours. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Amazing how much um, just thinking something. It's incredible. I mean, so a, many problems. Incredible, yeah. I mean, as a physio, when when I trained mm, about ten years ago, we didn't get taught on any of these things. It's about mad. Uh, about your mind about your uh thoughts your beliefs your uh, affecting pain we thought it was all mechanical mm. and this is and, and and physios used to think like this in the past mm. okay but again as evidence evolves as science evolves the, our physio you know we're healthcare professionals so we need to evolve and change and adapt to new evidence um so yeah it's very very interesting actually and um yeah, it's, and this is why people need to know all this, because it's Absolutely, yeah. a huge effect on their lives. Not only, not only obviously, you mentioned a few things there already, but
1: not only, and again, the cup analogy is something that people should listen to if they haven't already, but not only is it here in the mind, but also uh, our lifestyle, as we mentioned a few times, you know, poor sleep, high stress, poor diet, being overweight, all of that has a contribution towards pain, and again, that lower back pain, which potentially may be nothing to worry about, well, a, lot, a lot of reasons why they have that back pain is through the mind and through their lifestyle and through the lack of sleep and all that kind of stuff right yeah
0: yeah yes yeah, yeah spot on mm. uh, so the next one is scans are always needed to detect low back pain and again this is a massive one okay and i'm sure everybody probably. the thing is i think everybody wants a scan because by having the scan
1: it tells them whether there's a problem or not a problem
0: of course of course and and for a lay person that's totally makes sense. I'm hurting. Take a, take a scan to figure out what's causing. So it may make sense theoretically, mm. but scans do not determine your prognosis. So if you're going to get better or not, mm. it also doesn't detect your diagnosis. So it doesn't detect what's causing your pain. You can't see pain on a scan. Mm. Okay. Um, so they
1: can, for example, let's say they go and see, they get scanned. There's not everything looks normal. Therefore, yeah. there's no actual damage. Yeah. Uh, structural damage, as you put it, right? Yeah. Then, uh, therefore, how how do they then? Is it could it be could it be here in the mind? Could it be that? Uh, so, what we so mentioned it, look, already.
0: Again, all those things that we covered in our in our first podcast. It could be your 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 muscle um, your muscle length, muscle mm. strength, your mm. flexibility, your mobility. So many things, so isn't it? General fitness all goes back to the other factors that we talked yes. about in a previous podcast. Yes. It could be stress, mood, sleep, all those things contribute as well. Yeah. So interestingly, so I'm, I'm 35. So What's according mean? to research, <laughs> according to research, 50% of 30-year-olds have disc degeneration on a scan, but no pain.
1: Wow. Okay. How many?
0: Fifty percent. Fifty percent will have disc degeneration, no pain. Wow. Okay. So um, again, we've got disc bulges. Fifty percent of forty-year-olds will have disc bulges. Evidence of disc bulges on a scan, no pain. Okay. You can also have other changes. At, you know, as you get older, and how I, uh, how we phrase this to my patients when I see them and, and explain these changes, because if you don't know anything about this, I say, hello, you've got back pain or you've had a scan, you've got this de- degeneration. Now you think your pain is because of this degeneration. However, you could have hundred people your age with the same changes, but, but no, pain. No, pain. no pain. So now you put that pain down to disc degeneration and you know, just that word degeneration makes you think, oh, arthritis, yeah. I have arthritis now. So do you see how that single use of that use of that word can be a problem out of context can become a problem and can lead to these behaviors, negative mindset, negative behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, what I say is take a scan is pretty much like a photo. Okay. If, if my, uh, let's say car's not working, if I take a photo of that engine, will, will I be able to tell if the car's working? No. Won't be. I will be able to see if a part's in the wrong place. I will be able to see if there's cracks in the, in, 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 the pipe work. You can, you can see obvious things in a scan. So that in the same way, you can, a scan is just there to rule out serious medical conditions or, any, or any cord compressions. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people think if you just take a scan, that way you will find the problem. And, and that's why people can have horrendous pain and a scans perfectly normal. Mm. And people can have horrendous-looking spines on a on a uh, on a and scan. have no pain. Have no pain exactly. So a majority of the times you don't need a scan. When you need a scan is usually when you have pins and needles, numbness down your legs, pain down your legs. Uh, if you have urinary uh, bladder or bowel problems, loss of sensation on your bladder air, uh, private areas, that's looking for cord compression, which is an emergency.
1: Yeah, very. That's
0: nice. when you need a scan. If you have a full-blown sciatica. Okay, and again, I, a lot of people use the term loosely, but if it's true sciatica, a scan may help because usually it's linked to your a, a disc herniation, which again, can help uh, getting a scan in that t- um, In that particular moment. In that scenario, a scan will be helpful because an injection can help the disc herniation, which can help the leg pain. Um, sciatica is all about leg pain. A scan is good for leg pain, not back pain. Okay? Wow. They will rarely do anything for your back pain. It's Maybe always to do, to do a do podcast just on sciatica. Yeah, to differentiate between back pain and sciatica. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so, um, yeah, n- the next one, pain related to exercise and movement is always a warning that harm is being done to the spine and, it, and you should stop straight away. Again, it's a myth, okay? Graduated exercise and movements in all direction is safe even if it hurts a little bit okay when pain persists for long periods spine movements become very sensitive to certain movements the pain reflects how sensitive your spine and your structures in your spine are um it doesn't tell you that tissues are again damaged and and severely you know you're going to irritate it mm. more does that make sense yeah 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 so some pain is okay when you exercise as long as it doesn't flare up the day after Okay, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you, because obviously when we exercise, there is an exercise pain.
1: Yes. So let, um, let me give you an example. Um, a deadlift mm-hmm. or a, well, hip, a hip inch of some sort, a yeah. deadlift or a good morning or anything that involves the erectors and the lower back. Mm-hmm. You know, while you're exercising, depending on how heavy you are and your form, you may feel something in your lower back. Which if you've not done it before, can feel a little bit, mm, this doesn't feel normal. Okay. Uh, and then the next couple of days, you're going to be pretty sore. Yeah.
0: Um, how do you differentiate that from bad pain? Okay. So firstly, I would say if you have back pain already, then that's your baseline. Mm. Yeah. And then if their pain is flared up, so if someone has pain and normally average averages six out of ten, Okay. 10 being worse, zero is nothing. Then after doing that deadlift session, if their pain is significantly worse the day after, so increase of three or more, um, you know, on a scale of zero to 10. So if from five or six out of 10, it goes to eight or nine out of 10 the next day, maybe they did a bit too much. Okay. Well, that, In terms of pain, that would, that would be the pain that they
1: already had. So the same Correct. thing, not, not muscle soreness.
0: Correct. No, definitely not muscle soreness. Muscle soreness is good. Okay. That, a lot true. of people indicate muscle soreness with pain. Exactly. So we really need to be really, um, we need to distinguish that there is a big difference between muscle soreness and pain. Hmm. And I think if you have, if you have general, if you have back pain, you know, if it's a good pain or a bad pain the day after. Fine. I think patients will generally know, um, know, if it's an exercise, muscle delayed onset, muscle soreness, as opposed to, you know, that. Which should go away within a day two days. Exactly, yeah, yeah, definitely. What myth so, are we on right now? Uh, number, number six, um, yeah, cool. yeah. So low back pain is caused by poor posture, big one, when sitting, standing, lifting. Not true. Again, not true at all. Your spine postures during sitting, standing, lifting, does not predict low back pain or its persistence. And this is very interesting. You know, when I was newly qualified physio, I I couldn't get my head around this. It's like, how did it make sense? Because we were taught that posture is really important, you know, Uh, but research is proving us wrong. And it's saying it's actually not correlated to pain. Those ergonomic
1: office chairs that everyone's making loads of money out are all pointless.
0: It's, it's not far off it. If it helps you, great. But if you think it's going to fix your back pain, I, I, I wish it did, but it, it won't. Um, it's great. So That's it, yeah, good to know. It's really good to know, yeah. I'm sure there's yeah, a lot exactly. of people that are
1: listening to that right now thinking, oh, I don't believe you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, this is not what I'm saying. This is not what... Um, of course, this is research. This is research proven by science. Yeah. So how it stand?
1: Um, or so bend? by the way, just a quick question, because this may come up, and unfortunately we live in a world where people want proof of everything. Of so course. on this article that you've mentioned about uh, the, the, the guy that wrote this article, is there citations
0: there to research? Of course, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. They're perfect. all based on sound RCTs, meta-analysis, systematic reviews. Perfect. Yeah, there is lots and lots of evidence for this. But if you're
1: listening or watching this, when I put the link below, instead of asking me or asking Kish about this uh, studies, read the article and then
0: go to the studies from there. Yeah, yeah. So I was just saying, how we sit, stand, bend, does not cause back pain. So even though these may be painful, the key is to change your posture uh, and sit comfortably in a relaxed position, okay? Mm. You do not need to be bolt upright all day long because mm. if you sit up for too long, you will hurt. Yeah. If you start, if you slouch for too long, it will hurt. Our bodies hate being in a static position. Our bodies love movement. Yes. Um, so the key is move regularly and, and, and vary your sitting position. Okay. Have lots of different options. If you always sit in one position, that may be the cause of your pain mm. because always you don't have options So sit mm. in different positions sit 10 minutes upright, sit 10 minutes slouch. Great advice. Yeah. Um, and there's a good saying, uh, your, with regards to posture, your best posture is the next one. Okay. Keep moving. As we know, motion is lotion. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So the next one, uh, low back pain is caused by a weak core. Um, and having a strong core protects against future low back pain. And again, it's a myth according to evidence because research tells us a weak core does not correlate or cause low back pain. That's interesting because
1: I've, from my background, yeah, uh, within the, the health and fitness industry, yeah, um, not so much now, but when I started first, you yeah. know, a lot, a lot of the stuff that you hear in gym floors and PTs and coaches is <laughs> oh, yeah, so you've got background because you've got weak core, you've got weak hamstrings, you've got weak glutes, those are typically the three. Things that people use to correlate with uh, lower back pain,
0: hundred uh, percent. Sorry, I'm just moving because the light's a bit bit low. In no there. worries. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. This is a huge problem in the health and fitness industry. Yeah, uh, and again, that contributes to people having these beliefs because, uh, all, you know, a lot of personal trainers, a lot of you know, a lot of physios as well say this. So is a lot of other healthcare professionals uh, believe that you know your cause really really important now I'm not saying it's not important okay of course. Uh, there are there are physios that think it's completely a waste of time uh, however I still think there's a place for it but it's not as important as we think it is okay. okay and again this is all on evidence they've done studies where they've loads hundreds of people that have a for example weak core and again no pain at all okay and again this doesn't mean that if you have back pain and someone tells you you have a weak core they give you exercise to strengthen your core it doesn't mean that you can't improve by that yes does that make sense so so the exercises to strengthen your core can still affect your pain and it can still help yeah but saying that your back pain you've got back pain just because of your weak core is not Uh, evidence-based yeah so nothing wrong with giving exercises for your core but what I would say is, in, you know, in a lot of in our experience, by the time patients come to us, um, a lot of the time people have pain for many months. What we tend to see is that instead of a weak core, people are, again, muscle guarding, protecting their spine. Their, their muscles around the tummy is overactive. They're over tensing their core. They need to relax. They need to relax. Exactly. And what we find is when we get them to relax and chill, they're actually fine. Yeah. Um, so while, while it's good to strengthen your trunk muscles, okay. It's also very, very helpful to relax when it's needed. Mm. Okay. So when you do have like a low back pain flare up, so when your pain's really severe, first couple of days, first week or so you will naturally tense up. Mm. That's your body's mechanism of again, trying to protect itself because why we get pain to protect ourselves. Yes. Okay. So initially for a couple of days, no problem. Guard as much as you want, protect, breath, hold, you'll move. For a couple of days. But, but then. For that, exactly. You want to try and move as much as you possibly can. And then you want to start moving, relaxing. Yep. And then through graded exposure. Yes. Uh, Don't go
1: from 0 to 100. Exactly, exactly. Time, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like saying, you know, when you, let's say you've twisted your ankle, you've got pain in your ankle and you're limping. So that initial guarding when you're guarding your back and you're you're protecting it it's like limping it's okay to limp for a couple of All days apart. yeah twisting ankle but you wouldn't do that six months down the line right no yeah same way yeah. um people guard but then they're like that for months and months and months makes down sense the line mm. because, uh, because they've got into those bad habits yeah um okay cool so number eight uh Repeated spinal loading results in wear and tear and tissue damage, okay? It's a myth. Spine movements and loading is safe and builds structural resilience when it's graded. So that graded is the key. The key is to not go from 0 to 100, right? That's one of the biggest key take-home messages, I would say. For those people that may be wondering what the hell is spinal loading, can you explain that, please? So any exercises that um, strengthens your spine Spine really, so you could have a body weight uh, squat. You could have the way when you get up from a chair, you're loading your spine, you're doing a squat. Uh, when you do a hip hinge or a deadlift, you do a squat. Um, so, any movements of your spine is loading your spine. So, any spinal exercises is really, really healthy for you if mm. it's gradual. Mm. Okay, um, so in the same way, you know, you use a, a normal exercise for your bicep curls, the more you do the better the bicep, you know, the bigger yeah, the bicep, the of course. The bicep. It strengthens it. Exactly. In the same way, any exercise that strengthens your back, strengthens your core, they're all good exercises. But um, again, with the key thing here being uh, the dosage. Correct. Yeah. And, and doing a variety of movements. So, you know, activities like running, jumping, twisting, bending, it's all safe. Okay. Nothing's unsafe. Um, Pain, next one: Pain flare-ups are a sign of tissue damage, and it requires rest. Not true. Okay. Uh, pain flare-ups. So when you get when you have, let's say, your normal pain is four out of ten, and then it goes and then up it, a bit. Then it goes no up significantly. Right. So that's a that's a flare-up. Okay. Um, pain flare-ups are more related to changes in activity, stress, and mood rather than structural damage. Fine. Okay. So, so again, we we'll go back
1: to lifestyle, sleep, stress. That would have made that pain a bit more sensitive, yeah. which, which would have increased the pain. So one of the things that people should look for instead of thinking, oh, my God, my back pain is increased. I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to go for a walk. Instead, look, what's going on? What are you doing? Are you sleeping less? Are you eating poorly? Are you not moving as much? Are you sitting for eight hours in the same position? That's the thing that they should be looking at instead of I'm not doing anything.
0: Yeah. Spot on, yeah, correct. And and maybe figure out um, what exercises they did yesterday. Um, you know, and or did they do too much walking? Mm.
1: Or, or, Again, so it's walking. that dosage, have they done more than they have been doing, which kind, would have increased that pain more? Yeah.
0: Or if it, if it, yeah, you're 100% right there. Or is it a, a new exercise that they're not used to? Mm. Or, or how was their technique? Or were they really fatigued when they did the exercise? Mm, mm, Lots lots of different things that can cause a flare-up. How I describe it to patients is, um, pain flare-ups are—it's like catching a cold. Yeah. No matter how hard you try, now and again you will be run down, and you will catch a cold. Right. Yep. In the same way, if you have a history of back pain, no matter how hard you try unfortunately, you will get a back, uh, back pain flare-up. Yep. Um, usually when you're more stressed, when you're, like you say, not sleeping well, not moving as much as you usually are, the chances of getting a flare-up are then higher. a lot higher. Yeah. So, um, so the key is to, if you manage your flare-up well, it won't snowball into a big thing. So again, what I tell my patients is when you have a flare-up, the first thing is don't panic or stress unless you have all these other, Uh, symptoms that we talked about okay pins and needles numbness pain down the legs uh sorry i can't hear you mate don't worry don't worry okay cool um so what were we talking about so yeah when you have a flare-up the first thing is don't panic Mm -hmm. okay get it check that if you're worried but don't panic take pain medication Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay try heat or cold have one or two days of relative rest no more than one or two days okay I wanted uh, because, to touch on that a little bit on the heat and cold. I remember
1: when we did a seminar back in the before COVID situation, yeah. you touched a little bit
0: on that. I can't quite remember. So, uh, so, so, so that that was in relation to an actual injury. So if you have an injury, let's yeah. say you know you've sprained your knee, it's swollen up, um, then using cold is good. However, there's no evidence to suggest that, right? But we, everyone knows that. Oh, use a cold pack for swelling. Yes. So there's no evidence to suggest that it helps. You, did, you have a, a, a slide uh, that showed step-by-step step what we should do. You still have that slide. Yeah, so if you just Google Peace and Love, is by British Journal of uh, Medical Science, BJSM. They came out with it. So, peace and Love. Uh, peace and Love. And that goes through how to manage a soft tissue injury. While we're here, yeah. bear with me one second. Yeah. So whilst you're researching that, so what I was saying... Yeah, carry on, carry on. So what I was saying, if you manage an acute flare-up, don't panic, pain relief, okay? So go to your GP, ask for strong pain relief or as much as you need, heat or cold. Yeah. um, One or two days of relative rest. um, Yeah, these? And then then peace and love, that's it. And then doing some gentle movements. Uh, Yeah, that's the one. There we are. So this is, okay. What what I'll do, I'll, uh,
1: I will pop this in the show notes so people can have a look at that. I think that's Sorry, really
0: interesting. No, not, not this one. Not you can, one. Not on. The one that, so, uh, for those I'm, of you listening
1: guys, I know you obviously can't see what we're doing at the moment, uh, but it, I'll post the link. That's it. Yeah. That, that one, right?
0: The,
1: yeah. Perfect. I'll post the links for this in the notes. so You guys can go and uh, have a look at it. Yeah.
0: So this is like first aid and for a fir- first couple of weeks, what you should do after an injury. Um, cool. So, um, So yeah, so so to manage a flare up well, if you do the right things, what we talked about is um, don't panic or worry. Rarely you've done any serious damage. Pain relief, heat and cold, one or two days rest at max, no more than that. Mm -hmm. Gentle movements. And then the most important thing, gradually return to your normal exercise routine, normal lifestyle. The sooner you get to work, the quicker your recovery will be also. Okay. Uh, so if you do those things well the chances of a flare-up snowballing into a big problem are reduced significantly yeah um so uh around to number 10 number 10 yeah treatments such as medication injections surgery are effective and are necessary to treat low back pain not true okay um spine injections medication surgeries are not effective for persistent back pain in the long run, okay? Mm. So these treatments come with risks and unhelpful side effects, as you would expect, right? So ideally, we don't want to go down that route as much as possible. 100%, Find, finding low-risk ways to put you in control is the key, okay? And again, this comes down to education um, is, is is one of the biggest things. So learning about all these you know, factors Mm. will definitely desensitize your back pain. Um because all these uh factors creates a positive mindset. Okay. So and 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 seeing seeing a physiotherapist and getting someone to go through this with you, the the you can coach people to manage this better, which will optimize their physical and mental health. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um so and and doing all these things can help your exercise your lifestyle your social activities you know sleep habits body weight remaining in work it's really really important uh, and also like a positive mindset regarding back pain is also proven to be associated with lower levels of pain disability and better quality of life so in effect everybody at school should learn how to deal with their mind and everything would be perfect you're not, you're not far off, you're not far off.
1: Instead of teaching us science, it teaches teach our psychology, I think, from, from the age of three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> our mind is just incredible, isn't it? And yeah. it, it a lot of, lot of things just come back. I'll tell so, you what, the
1: more and more I go through life, the more and more I realise the basics of psychology, nutrition, movement.
0: This is what should be taught at school, finances. And th- this is why a lot, of, a lot of things that you promote... You know, I've, and I've told you uh, before, it, it's really, really good because you promote all these basic things. They're basic for the layperson, but how much it actually affects you is absolutely huge. It's massive. Uh, it, it's, yeah. So it, it's, I, I, I
1: honestly don't understand how the curriculum hasn't changed yet.
0: Yeah. And again, <sighs> this is proven by research, but again, there's lots of physios, there's lots of healthcare professionals that don't practice this approach mm-hmm. um so it they i think it, they say f- for from for for a technique for a thought or or, or something to get to the common person mm-hmm. from stage of research it takes about like 10 years to get to, the, to for it to become like wow. common knowledge common knowledge yeah i yeah. wanted to ask you a question you you touched
1: a little bit on the injections yeah so whether it's a lower back, whether it's a shoulder pain, whatever, you know, the, the, the steroid injection that they give to, to people a lot, which usually takes the pain away for a while. Yeah. Now my understanding of that, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong here. This, obviously yeah. I'm not an expert on it, but my understanding of that is it kind of just reduces inflammation a little bit and it reduces the pain where then hopefully you can then start addressing the root cause of that. So it doesn't come back with a vengeance. Is that right? Yes, yeah, so that's pretty much fine. Okay. But I think that most people, and this is what I'm seeing, I've seen this in my mom, for example, she's had two shoulder injections and yeah. they, the pain has gone away. Yeah, the injection worked really, really good, but they don't do nothing
0: yeah. to, pa- to improve what
1: caused it in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I see I, this all day long, every day. But Patients you think day. this is because they haven't been educated as
1: Yeah, that's to, it. To, why? Maybe yeah. they should have, the doctor should have said, Right, I'm going to give you this. However, this ain't going to fix the problem. Correct. It's just going to help you for now. You need Correct. to fix the problem yourself.
0: Correct. Yeah. 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 Spot on. And again, the, the doctors need, they should be addressing that. Yeah. But Absolutely. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they don't for some reason. So, why? I, uh, I don't get it. Why is that? It, it, that, that's a tricky one. Is it the fact that the doctor doesn't know? Because if you see a GP, because GPs can uh, give injections as well, and GPs are general practitioners. They're not the experts when it comes to movement. I'm not an expert when it comes to movement and I know. Y- yeah, exactly. I can't think that they not yeah, you know that much. GPs are amazing, you know, and I'm not you know, saying anything bad <laughs> about them. But, 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 and even Very political even, there, mister. E- even consultants, okay, um, only time the consultant or a specialist orthopedic consultant can help you is if you need injection or surgery if you don't need those two things then we are in charge of managing the patient the physios are in charge yes. we are the physio. when it comes to physical issues we are the experts so that's yes. why gps refer to physiotherapists for their for us and for us to be educating the patients on x y and Z. And I think we mentioned this on our
1: last podcast. You know that the the, the image that physiotherapists have is not a great one,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, based on how you know, number one, I think we touched a little bit on this, how you don't have enough time to deal with your patients within the yeah. NHS, 100%. Whereas you wouldn't you do with your private clients, where you can follow up. I have uh, time with, with on family. a regular basis and, and on a consistent basis, yeah. um, and I think this is where. And, I, and we mentioned it last time, but I think it's important people listen to this and understand that, you know, physiotherapists are amazing what they do. Um, you just should have realise that they have limitations when they work for the NHS of how much they can help you. And it's down to you to do what they say. So when they give you these exercises to do, they are, they're there for a reason. You go home and you don't do them, don't blame the physio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not doing it, it's your fault. Yeah,
0: yeah. It is, it is hard, uh, you know, I, I do... F- feel for yeah, Life is not it's easy,
1: healthy. mate, but and we've talked about this. Nothing
0: nothing that's worth having. It's is it's easy. You know
1: right? what, Kish, you know, I relate this so much to what I do. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. people come to me for fat loss and they hate, they, they expect me to give them miracles. Mm-hmm. And they have to do it. I can yeah. give you the tools, but you've got to do it. You've got to make sure you don't eat in uh too many calories. You've got to make sure you go for a walk, you've got to make sure you exercise. I can't force you to do that. And then you cannot blame it on me that you're still fat. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame it on you that you're still in pain.
0: Yeah, yeah, because
1: yeah. Uh, we guide you, you either do it or you don't do it. Don't blame it on the practitioner. Physiotherapists are amazing at their job, yeah, yeah, most yeah. of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but so, like, yeah, the, coming back to the injection issue today, I had a patient for shoulder pain. Uh, she's had three injections, and um, oh, and then have you had physio? Oh, no. So, it, that, that, that again is criminal healthcare because yes. the, the first thing you should have is physio. Yeah. Okay, if you give me a patient with a shoulder pain, I normally would tell them, try this for three to six months. If you don't get better, we can you can have the injection after that.
1: Yeah.
0: Most of the nine out of ten times they don't, faster, need, it. They don't need it. Exactly. Yeah. And injections, guess what it does? It it, may, it weakens your structures. So if you have too many, the chances of you getting a rotator of tear, for example, are higher.
1: Mm.
0: And that may cause their pain down the line.
1: Yeah, yeah, so
0: yeah. Injection, unfortunately, people like quick fixes um like in everything like in everything unfortunately they don't exist uh, you don't want to be painless yeah
1: rich skinny yeah. and they don't yeah. want to put any work into it
0: yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> it ain't gonna happen mate <laughs> but saying that it doesn't mean there's not a place for injections okay of so, course there is exactly Absolutely. Yeah. So i don't think that there's no place there is a definitely a place for injections. yeah and the place for me is well you're really in pain
1: i'm going to give you this injection so i can relieve that pain for a while in the meantime, this is what you've got to do to fix yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly, spot on. That's, that, so they're great, they're great for those reasons, but yeah. not immediately, maybe yeah. down the line when things are getting really bad and you've tried everything.
0: And they've tried everything. Uh, yeah, and, totally. And usually if you do that well, three to six months, because that's how long, unfortunately, rehab takes. can take, yes. Yeah. Um, if you're doing that, you, rarely you need other... Um, so uh,
1: just out of interest, because we're talking about back pain. Yeah. What would you say is the percentage of people you see at the moment that come to you with back pain that's not serious?
0: Majority. Majority of the back pain is not serious. That doesn't mean it's not debilitating. That doesn't mean it's not severe. That doesn't mean they're not uh, really struggling. But when I say serious, is what I mean is they don't, need to, they don't need a scan. They don't need um, uh, uh, to see a spinal consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even if they see them, they'll just send them back to the physios because there's no role. The consultants yeah. will only get involved if they need an injection or surgery. Okay, My. that's it. Otherwise, they'll send, us, send send the patient back to the physios. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, majority, 90%, uh, if that Absolutely.
1: is... is uh, it's, well, yeah, I've, it's in- I've certainly taken a lot away from this. I hope a lot of people have. I think it's... Really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, 10 myths there that I think people can go away now and hopefully they can be a little bit at ease themselves, even if, if they suffer yeah. back pain.
0: Yeah. It's um, not human gloom like people think. Um, that's brilliant. And, and, and I think sometimes, like if you have ankle pain or shoulder pain, you can rest that and not yes. use it. But with back, it's always involved. So it always keeps you using in it regardless. Exactly. And you move to the side,
1: you get up from the chair, you, wherever you're using your back.
0: Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, it, and it can be debilitating. So, of, course, um, of course. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So, Kish, if, if, if there's anybody out there currently suffering with, with pain
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and they just want to see an expert such as yourself, yeah. um, I know that you work at the NHS, so out, but you also do private. How yeah. could
0: they find you? How could they come to see you? So, um, if they, if, obviously, if they know you, get, you get my details for yourself. But otherwise, I'm on Instagram, uh, physio underscore solutions three zero. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Yeah, just drop me a message. I'm on Google, Google Physio Solutions in uh, Leicester, Hamilton area. That's where I'm based. Uh, Happy to help anyone, yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, once again, thank you for being back on the podcast for the second time. Thank you. Uh,
1: I really would be keen on doing more podcasts like this on other things such as knee pain and uh, maybe other areas of your work that you come across on a day-to-day basis where we can just, you know, give people a bit of peace of mind, a bit of help. Um, and a bit of education based around the things that you see regularly that potentially could be of help to people. hundred percent. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see you again soon on the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Um, And um, it's been great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Cheers, man. All right. Thank you so much.